6.22 is the time. A lot of people weighing in on what I look like on television. So I was mentioning Kathleen Wynne appearing on the TV show and that there is a double standard for women. But apparently a few people listening at this early hour think that I look like a train wreck on TV. And that, you know what? That's fine. I, I really don't care. Uh, but there is a double standard. And, you know, if you could see the text board and when women appear on this show versus men, you'd appreciate right away what an incredible double standard there is. I mean, people use the C word when they're talking about some of the women who appear on the show. And I will honestly say, I have rarely had a woman on the show where somebody doesn't complain about her voice. And I remember there was a PBS documentary about this. And um, people, you know, at, at PBS and at NPR, every single woman who appears on those networks gets emails about how their voice annoys people. And nobody ever complains about the men's voices. It's only the women's voices. So actually, let's bring somebody in who's actually had to be on the front lines of being a woman in politics. Lisa Raitt, former federal cabinet minister, is on the morning brief today. Nice to have you. Good morning. Thank you, John. Full disclosure, not wearing makeup. Okay. What kind of a double standard have you encountered, if you have, about, you know, the things that people gripe about when a woman is in politics? I So this this is the, this to me is, is a very interesting topic. Let me just give you two examples. If somebody, I found that if a, a male uh, MP was sick. Let, let's just use that as an example and started to deteriorate physically and didn't look really good. It would be treated with whispers around, oh my gosh, he doesn't look very good. Oh, my, I hope everything's okay. But if a woman suddenly is looking unkempt and is not holding it together, it, it's very vocal and like, what's wrong with her? Like, she's not looking good. And I think that's the best way to describe it. For some reason, people think that it's okay to voice these things out loud for women. But for men, there's this quiet concern that something else is going on. And for women, it's just, oh, they're letting themselves go. Um, you've got a special thing going on, and I'll let you describe what it is, because I don't really understand what the initiative is. But uh, you've got a new task force that aims to bridge climate and housing issues. What's this about? Okay, so the Clean Economy Fund has put together uh, a task force, and it's asked myself and Don Iveson, who's the former mayor of Edmonton, to co-chair. And there's 13 people on it. Um, we're pulling from academia, from not-for-profits, from the builders. And basically, it's putting everybody around one table with the common goal that's recognized, which is how do we create 5.8 million homes that the CMHC says we need to create in order to keep up with immigration, population growth, and the needs of the country, um, while at the same time not blowing the budget on what we want to do to get to net zero by 2050. And we wanted to take a look at it through that lens specifically because both are imperative. Both are things Canadians want to do, hit net zero, decarbonize, and as well have a place to live. Um, and, and one does not necessarily help the other. So, for example, you can blow the GHG budget very significantly just by building and not thinking about how you're building houses or what's going to be in the building codes. So we've got some research coming in that talk about GHGs and the best way to build, what needs to go into building codes. We talk about where we should be building. We, we're going to get some research on, on what kinds of building should happen. And hopefully we'll pull it all together in a couple of months, put together a blueprint that's going to be usable and accessible for all orders of government. Um, the finger pointing amongst 
orders of government of who's really in charge and then saying, well, really, it's the builder's fault. That has to come to an end because we need some real solutions that can be executed. Good stuff. Okay, well, speaking of housing, what do you make of this program where they're trying to match up international students with senior citizens? Because that's very much a housing issue. But it's also, you know, I've, I've seen programs like this in the past. And to match young people with old people, I think, is an amazing idea. It really is. And I'm not going to be a negative Nelly on this. I think for those who want to do it, um, that's a great thing for them. But I would just add one level of caution, which is you have to remember that in some cases, uh, some seniors, not all, but some seniors are going to need a little bit extra help and they may need a little bit of caregiving. And a student who's going to take part in this program really should be aware that this is what it's about. You're not entering a boarding house. This is going to be a different level of relationship um, given the, the parameters under which they're working and uh, eyes wide open. And don't be surprised if they, if the senior citizen asks you to take the garbage to the corner. What do you think the stakes are as liberal MPs uh, have a caucus retreat? Justin Trudeau arrives late, which is hilarious, really, because you have to think they were talking about him before he got there. Honestly, it's going to be really interesting to see. By the end of it, though, everybody will be back on message. Uh, right now, there is such a lack of discipline to what is being said that you end up getting people telling exactly what they're thinking. And that that can be dangerous to a leader. And it's got to be about housing. That's what's got to be consuming MPs because I'm sure they're getting hammered on it in their communities because everybody has a housing story, either a parent, a student, a young couple, everybody is talking about the difficulties around it. So they have to do more than just say we have a plan look at our plan and or we're doing better than the rest of the world because people actually want some concrete results and answers this time and you know the government this government has the strong suit isn't executing i have to say unless you're giving out money the strong suit isn't executing and they are going to have to execute on this it just can't be policies thrown in the window hoping that it's going to work and then shrug your shoulders if they don't this is real stuff this is uh this is bread and butter for canadians votes i was talking earlier in the half hour about this new poll about canadians and their views on the monarchy where do you fall in terms of your loyalties to the crown Oh, my goodness, John, we have so much problems going on in the country. I mean, what a distraction. Where do I I think Canada has the best? um, I I think we have the best government system, even though, you know, my party's not in power. It's still the best government system, I believe, in in the the parliamentary model. And I do believe in the head of state being the king of Canada. And that's and that's where I stand. Really? I mean, yeah, I mean, I I do. I like the. You know, I'm going to sound like like a hypocrite because if if King Charles comes to Canada and I get an invitation, I'm going to go to meet him. But I still I just find it so weird that our head of state lives in a great big mansion in London, England. Yeah, I don't think I go to meet him, to be honest, but I do value um, the the stability that we do have in this system. I mean, I mean, if we were to change from the from the system we'd have to have elected senates we would have to make sure we curb power because in our system the prime minister is extremely powerful you know what i mean i mean they can do pretty much anything they want to do in a majority government just have to go to the public every four years at least there's this notional thing that you can't muck around with the way parliament works because you have a a governor general that's tied to the head of state so with this is a far more complex thing than saying oh we don't want to work with you anymore there king charles um it's it's got to do with our democracy and and how we actually function good to have you thanks so much 
Thanks, John. Take care. Lisa Raitt on the morning brief. And coming up in the next half hour, actually, we're going to remain with things royal because there are some activists who are very upset about how much it costs to bring Princess Anne to Canada twice in the last year. That and more. And it's a white coat Wednesday with our medical correspondent, Dr. Mitch Shulman.